FAQ NYC has a weekend activity suggestion for all our many listeners. Uh, the Vanderplus Gallery on the Lower East Side, 156 Orchard Street, has teamed up with the Living Museum to showcase a selection of artists from the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility. FAQ guest Issa Ibrahim, who spent 20 years at Creedmoor, will be featured in the showcase. His art depicts celebrity and superheroes through the lens of the Black experience. So if you have never had time to make it all the way out to Creedmoor Psychiatric to see the wonderful art Art at the Living Museum itself, this month you can view a sampling on the Lower East Side. The opening reception is this Friday, February 11th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at 156 Orchard Street. That's the Vanderplus Gallery. And the show runs from February 11th to March 6th, 2022. News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC. I am Harry Siegel, here with Professor Christina Greer. Hello. Hi there, Harry Siegel. Hey, Katie Onan of the city. What's up? Uh, what's going on with you guys? She, it, I don't know. <laughs> it's February. That's what's, that's what's up. Uh, going down. And, uh, and, and rejoining us. Uh, yet again, is the uh, great Ben Max from from Gotham Gazette and everywhere else. Hey, Ben. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So to quickly recap another intense week and an uh, interesting one, uh, we had a big story from uh, Sally Goldenberg in Politico, New York, uh, Mayor Holt's Court in Swanky Restaurant alongside Friend with Checkered Past, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. Not the first Friend with Checkered Past who sort of uh, had a narrative role here. Uh, in this case, it's uh, Johnny Pashonitz, um, a brother with his twin. Uh, both ended up getting uh, um, convicted or pleading guilty, in one case, to a complicated check cashing scheme involving medical billing companies. But this quickly turned into a story about the fact that uh, Eric Adams at these restaurants with his friends, in fact, uh, eats fish. <laughs> which wouldn't be a thing except that uh, Eric Adams has, has built a narrative about uh, becoming a vegan since 2016 um, and th th that's been sort of significant to his political persona and, uh, you know, sent this press people out to emphatically deny that this was so uh, before then stepping out himself to, to reverse himself and say, don't worry about what's on Eric's plate and uh, declare this a non-story. So that, that was sort of the small thing. Um, and then the bigger story was his appearance today in Albany to lay out his legislative agenda um, in this first year in office and where he has a lot of leverage with the legislature. And we're going to dive right into that in a minute. A uh, couple other things to take off. Um, Governor Kathy Hochul is removing the mass mandate for businesses in such a New York following California, New Jersey and various other states. In a semi-coordinated fashion, Democratic states uh, offering similar moves. Um, and the New York Times reports that even as uh, things are looking much better with uh, Omicron here, uh, which helps account for this masking shift, uh, that all the deer have it. Uh, there's lots of deer in Staten Island, for instance, and that may be ominous going forward that there's this uh, animal reservoir in which the virus can uh, spread and, and mutate and all that. Um, Ben, do you want to just take us through, uh, 
Eric Adams' big day in Albany and uh, how that went, and then we can uh, we can discuss and start unpacking. Sure. Let me give you just like a few of my um, you know top line reactions, summary, and then you know I'm like I, there's a lot you know there's a lot to this. I mean, anytime the mayor testifies, you know, every every year before the state legislature, and especially the first time a new mayor is doing it, there's so much going on and so much to unpack. But let me say this: the um, you know the 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 big three things that were sort of his big three asks related to mental health resources, the earned income tax credit, and childcare uh, tax incentives, and and you know help with expanding childcare are are both kind of a brilliant three uh, you know threesome of requests that that are really smart to you know um, you know to show that he's sort of following through on a lot of well rounded uh, mission that he has. Um, but also, you know, in some ways uh, lack this idea of him having, you know, a big signature ask from state government that at least the last couple mayors have sort of come in with their big ask that's like a signature thing. And so I, you know, I find that sort of duality kind of interesting. And then of course, underlying all of this is that maybe his big ask is the criminal justice reforms that he wants, which put him in direct conflict with quite a few members of the New York City delegation and both uh, the leaders of the two Democratic majorities and the two houses have already uh, sort of expressed their disagreement with his calls for changes to uh, the bail law, the raise the age law. And you had this fascinating dynamic at this hearing where lots of New York City Democrats were, were very opposed to what he was saying on that and pushing back a lot. And he was getting a lot of support from uh, Republicans, Democrats from the suburbs, and so on. And it was a very Eric Adams situation where he's much more, as he's even said, conservative on criminal justice and crime issues in some ways, uh, and finding you know these different alliances, while he's also uh, you know talking about some of these more well-rounded policies and the social safety net and so forth. So those are a couple of things that that stood out. It was also really interesting to watch him. Other than one really intense exchange with Assemblymember Latrice Walker, who who was a sponsor of the bail reform law and really pushed back on him, and then he 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 escalated it uh, before trying to de-escalate it. Other than that exchange, you know, he was really cordial, respectful, and very charming with a lot of legislators. I don't know how far that gets you, but it's it's better than uh, you know some other models there might be. So those are a few of my initial thoughts. And they were very deferential to him. They get three minutes each, and people were making a point at the very start of saying, thank you for being receptive to uh, to my district's concerns uh, and, and your office being responsive and all that. And Adams, even with Walker, I think, was, was trying to say we're all partners in this. And that was definitely a heated exchange. And uh, the, the, we all fundamentally want the same things, which, which was interesting. Uh, Katie, what stood out to you? Same. Um, you know, it was, everyone was very, he's still on the honeymoon. I know Eric said he doesn't have a honeymoon. Um, he did not have a, uh, Mayor Adams said he did not have a honeymoon, but you had all these state lawmakers from, you know, Long Island who were the biggest critics of New York city, just praising him and the tone and, and, and the energy and everything he's bringing to the city. Um, yeah, the exchange with Latrice Walker was, um, 
pretty testy. I thought it was bizarre when Assemblywoman Neely, Neely Rosick was asking about city workers and remote work. And he was like, oh, there's a weird echo. <laughs> I can't, But I didn't hear an echo and no one else could hear an echo. He's like, I can't really hear your full question. There's an echo. So that also was bizarre. But um, I didn't get to the very maybe last half hour of I didn't watch. But it's a, a lot of concerns that people have and a lot of things that people um, are, are addressing. You know, But yeah, it's a weird con- for three minutes each. They can't really ask a lot of follow-ups. And yeah, as Ben noted, a lot of it was, you're great. We love you. So I had a theory about the echo uh, or the alleged echo um, since, since it wasn't on anyone else's stream that was watching. It reminded me of the Cuomo echo. You know, whenever yes. Cuomo didn't want to answer a question, he'd be like, I'm going through a tunnel. And yeah, he'd hang it, up and then he'd call you like a minute later with a, an exact, precise answer. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, and Adams, Adams is speaking much more freely and in a less scripted fashion, clearly, than Bill de Blasio did, for instance. And I thought there was actually a lot that was appealing about that, that, that he was getting asked questions. He was giving thoughtful and informed answers with stats and numbers there. I actually thought a lot of the questions were good, too. It actually seemed like a sort of nice exercise, heartening exercise for once in, in governance, uh, where lawmakers were asking serious things, largely. And, uh, you know, the mayor was offering substantial answers. And I think he got stuck there. Uh, couldn't quite figure out what his script or answer for that was. He knows generally he wants workers back, but for workers who are immunocompromised or pregnant or whatever, he couldn't quite get there. And and so he was clumsily uh, playing for time. And as he's, you know, so, sort of practiced going through his routine and, and, and doing that, but it was a weird moment since, since uh, nobody else could do that. And then he also, at another point, said he couldn't see the uh, the picture that was presented to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which might be true because he was in the blue, you know, he was he was in front of a camera, not in front of a computer screen, you know, so in that regard. But the sound thing felt like I had big going through a tunnel energy. <laughs> well, I thought it was also interesting, you know, just yesterday, the story about Andrew Stewart Cousins saying, well, listen, I haven't talked to him since he became mayor. Yeah. So, you know, when people were asking about the relationship and that felt a little tense, right? Where it's just like, he's been on MSNBC, he's been on CNN, he's been on, you know, every single network, except for New York One, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was sort of a, I felt like a teeny bit of a dig, like, hey, you're calling everybody, but you haven't called me. Um, So it was nice to see that today seemed productive, as you said, Katie, in this quasi-honeymoon phase. Um, And we have to remember, it has just been a month. So he's still getting his bearings. But I do think that maybe this the short period of time he spent uh, as a state senator might help him with some things. I know it's mm-hmm. been a long time, but at least he's not a complete and total novice to how Albany operates in some capacity. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's getting his sea legs because he certainly knows a thing or two around Albany. Is that a bad transition to the fish? Or <laughs> I could leave. I could just- right yes, see, see your way out, Miss Honan. <laughs> mm, get, get the hook. Oh, no. Oh. <sighs> yeah, so as you noted, Harry, um, it was a story in Politico, Sally Goldenberg, Joe Anuda, and Deanna Garcia. Um, and obviously the point was not that he ate fish, because I think that had been sort of reported when he went to Rayo's and people know what he ate, but it was the company he was keeping. I know there had been some stories years ago in the, uh, just because you know who I am, DNA Info reported on it, um, <laughs> the company he was keeping, those brothers. But yeah, that is, um, it, it really was a big story, but I think it points to the larger issues of sometimes he says things that are not true. 
Um, we had this similar issue, these mysteries that you can't tell if they're mysteries, if they're misunderstandings, if they're lies, still trying to figure out where he sleeps when he was a candidate, all this kind of stuff going on. And, and you know, I, I, I was away, so I was only following a little bit, but, you know, you have the cycle of the story comes out, people point out the weird thing about it, people lose their minds, and then people say, why does everyone care? I don't care if he eats fish, blah, 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 blah. Why does everyone care? With missing what is the actual point of why it's important. Which is, he he, he lied. Like, like, and all these yes. other things, there's some ambiguity, but he said, I do not eat fish. I, um, I have an entirely plant-based diet and he put spokespeople out to reinforce that. And he had no reason to lie about it. I don't care, frankly, uh, about anything else. Uh, but, but, but as a trust thing, when you send your press people out to say otherwise, when you go out to say otherwise, after that, that meal at Reyes, you know, with Bo Deedle and, and <laughs> other interesting company, um, and you, oh no, that, 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 that was some sort of eggplant Parmesan, but without cheese. I, like, <laughs> well, you remember when he was at the Queens bakery eating a croissant and he's like, it's vegan. I was like, I'm sorry, sir. I've never, <laughs> ever seen a, a small local, you know, family-run mm. um, bakery. But I think, you know, the the unfortunately, the the takeaway from that story for so many people is like, oh, he eats fish. You're picking on him. Who cares? It's like, no. You know, I grew up in a family where, you know, my grandmother would say, if you lie, you cheat. If you cheat, you steal. If you steal, you lie. If you do one, you do all three. Right. And so for me, it's if you're going to lie about minor issues, then that usually means you lie about major things, too. Or what is it within your cognitive ability to sort of look at someone in the face and lie to them for things that you don't need to lie about, which then makes me on the offensive wanting to investigate. Are there other things, major or minor, that you're lying about? And it calls into question the people you surround yourself with, because some of them are slightly unsavory characters who have been known to lie. And so are we about to enter into a Trumpian experience where, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that old adage, it's like, you know, the woman catches her husband in bed with someone. He's like, baby, who are you going to believe, me or your eyes? And it's like... <laughs> Like, we see this. We, you know, Sally's like, I saw the fish on the plate. Like, I am telling you what I saw. And you are now, you know, just like the former president, completely lying, you know? And so I think that is, that is the concern that I have, where it's like, if it's something as small as, as fish, you know, what else could it be? And I think for some people, especially people who have had uh, negative interactions with police officers who have lied on them. It makes it really uncomfortable because it's like, do you lie like cops have lied on young people, young people of color? So, so this is with, with Eric Adams, right? And part of his response to this story and hanging out with this shady, convicted Brooklyn restaurateur was, hey, you know, I was arrested at 15. I have this uh, I, I have this sort of past, too, and I don't I don't believe in writing people off for such things. But, of course, the difference between being arrested at 15 and convicted in your late 30s Thank you. uh, is, is a really broad space. Um, and and I, I think it, it does raise some 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 questions. But before before we shift subjects, uh, uh, Katie, please jump in. And, and I know we have one one other fish thing at least to, to touch on. Me, who who can who of our listeners can identify me and Eric A and a nice big plate of fish, which is my favorite dish, but without no money, it's still a wish. That maybe <laughs> it'd be what his brother is talking about, no money, because as we know, Bernard is only making you can't buy much fish for a dollar a year. Um, 
But the mayor did say he's he wants us to what live off of ten dollars a week. He said that we can live healthy. You know, we can eat healthy for a week on ten dollars. Yeah, and I, I will point out too. You know, when he did in his vegan chili demonstration, where he kind of admitted that he's perfectly imperfect, that response was so perfect. Uh, not to repeat the word, but in, in sort of like, yeah, you know, it's sort of, it's in the trying, right? Isn't that what I learned as a Catholic, right? It's just in your intent. So if his intent is to always live plant-based, but sometimes he falters and he eats fish, that would have been fine. I don't know why they just wouldn't have told that to the reporters when they first reached out to them for the story, right? Like, you know, Eric strives to live as plant-based as possible, a mostly vegan diet, but sometimes he wants a bronzino, um, this I, is, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's all very perfect. Eric Adams, because he want, he wanted to project the image that he wanted to project. He wanted to write the cookbook and he didn't want to do it with caveats, right? He didn't mm-hmm. want to do it with, well, but I also this, which would have been more relatable, but you know, it, it speaks to this sort of, uh, contradiction and it's probably a battle that he goes through internally too, which is, Am I trying to project myself as the superhero, which he does sometimes, or am I trying to project myself as relatable? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's this, you know, very tricky balance. And I, and I think maybe he wants to try to project both, but they're in competition with each other sometimes. And so, you know, it was this perfect situation where it's like, nobody really cares if you eat fish, but for the fact that you tried to claim you didn't. And then he decides to get offended about the questions about whether he eats fish, where for most mayors, what's on your plate doesn't matter, except for the mayor who's made his dietary habits and his lifestyle key to his public policy agenda and his persona and the way that he pitched voters. So this is, you know, he, he tries to have her every which way. And it's just it doesn't add up that way, except he's so good at pushing back and he's so good at saying I'm perfectly imperfect. Stop worrying about what's on, you know, what's on my dinner plate and the press follows me around and they want to know everything, this, that, and the other. And then of course, the next day he, he wants, you know, the press to cover every movement when he wants it. We're not following him around enough. I got to say, there's not I enough. Totally of us. I would love to, to, to be tailing him. Um, totally. Yeah, it was, it, it's a very fascinating, but look, a hero is nothing but a sandwich, Eric. Um, Mr. Adams, we, people don't want uh, a heroic, you know, militant eater person. They just want someone who I guess is realistic. So speaking of realistic, uh, let's, let's go back to Albany for a minute. Um, Adams has very scrupulously avoided setting baselines. He doesn't have a signature program. He says, I'm going to get stuff done and you can judge me on that. And that's both interesting and confusing. He came in with, with, with a big but broad agenda, you know, with a few leading items, but 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 how they relate isn't clear. Uh, then, like 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 when we look back at this year, like what 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 does he need to leave, having gotten from Albany, to uh, to be successful here and to get stuff done? Well, the good thing for him is that you know, all told, he doesn't really need that much from Albany because the city is flush with cash right now. Uh, he's got a lot of at his disposal to accomplish his agenda. Um, you know, one of the interesting things though, is that he, uh, he's, he's doing, 
he's clearly doing what he thinks is right on these criminal justice reforms. So that's important to say, right? We can't always view everything in the sort of political lens and the rivalry lens. And, and, and even the, is he right lens, of course, that's like the most important thing, but he's doing what he thinks is right. But in doing that, he's setting himself up for a major failure here, potentially. Now, maybe he can win and get them to agree to the changes that he wants. But the way that the legislative leaders have reacted and so many legislators we saw at this hearing, yes, there was a lot of love, but it was pretty remarkable how many legislators from New York City were willing in front of everybody watching, in front of the press that's going to amplify it, to rebuke the mayor criticize the way he's handling these issues and so forth. That was pretty remarkable. And he set himself up in these in this push on his signature issue of public safety for a big loss. He already had a loss with the city council in the speaker's race. He's setting himself up for a loss at the state level here too. That being said, if he doesn't get these tweaks on criminal justice, yes, it's a political loss. It also continues to give him a little bit of a crutch if he's not that successful in bringing crime down and so forth, because he can continue to say, well, the feds aren't cracking down on the gun flow and the state's not giving me my reforms. There's only so much that Eric can do. Um, the other thing, though, that hasn't been mentioned, that I think, you know, one of the most important things here is mayoral control of city schools expires this year. That was one of the other big themes of the hearing. He's obviously going to get an extension of mayoral control. It's just a question of if it's two, three or four years. Uh, Hochul has offered him four. The legislature will have to sign off on that. Uh, he said he wants the four, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, what number he gets, and if there's any tweaks to the law, you know, that dilute the mayor's power a little bit, and that seems to always be a, you know, a matter of conversation there. So, you know, there's funding things. There's a few, you know, there's obviously the, the top priorities I mentioned at the top around, you know, the earned income tax credit and some other things. He'll probably get some of those, um, you know, but all told other than the extension of mayoral control that he's definitely going to get, you know, I don't think there's anything he has to absolutely get here. Yeah. What I found insightful about the whole um, hearing was not that we didn't already know this, but the, the opinions of non New York city legislators, (laughs) Uh, George Borello, Borello upstate had lots of thoughts. I didn't really, I mean, it was I was sitting in city hall listening to it, but I guess I learned from him that, um, all the businesses are fleeing and um, everything shut down because of the vaccine mandate. So I didn't, I was at Madison Square Garden last <laughs> night and it was pretty packed. So I don't know what, I don't know what the arena up uh, on the New York Canada border is like, but anyway, I, I always find that very funny. Um, no, that's totally, that was totally a theme of it. And it was almost as if, you know, some of the things that Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, has been saying about the city, especially as related to public safety, are, are, are sort of this like suburban or upstate impression of, yeah. you know, the chaos in, in New York City. And it was very interesting towards the end for Senator Liz Kruger of Manhattan to also give the mayor a little a little gentle, you know, rebuke uh, warning and saying, you know, you're feeding into some yeah. of the issues with perception mm-hmm. and perception mm-hmm. becoming reality. Boy, that was you know, everybody, mostly everybody did it in a pretty nice way with him, but that was, that was really something I thought. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to watch. Something that stuck out for me was, uh, this morning, uh, just prior to Adam's testimony, Al Sharpton was on, uh, the morning show, morning Joe on, uh, MSNBC. And he was talking about how the toothpaste is locked up, but he's a pharmacy now. 
And so, so when he wants to go get toothpaste, he has to go ask and then, and then saying, you know, tongue someone in cheek, but, but not entirely like, uh, Eric, you've got to go and do something about this. And I do think that, that in, in large swaths of the city, that the, the public safety is a concern and that this, this New York post narrative of, about things being out of control, shoplifting and those parts is, is picking up real steam. Uh, the other thing I would love to hear from a uh, Reverend Sharpton about it. We need to have on the show at some point, uh, by the way, is this fish thing? As somebody who had his own, uh, uh, you know, remade persona over the course of his long period in public life that actually had a lot to do with changing his dietary habits. Um, and, and, you know, this comes up in profile after profile about him and how he's shifted. And I'm sure that uh, he's talked with Eric about exactly this. And I would love to have been a fly on the wall at some point uh, for that conversation. Uh, but maybe he wants to come on and have it with us. I hope Reverend Sharpton will come on. We, we should make that happen. He, I mean, he said in the past that he definitely would. Um, have any of you all read Eric Adams' book about healthy living? I have not. Of it. Not the okay. full version. And there's been some reporting on it and what it says. Um, uh, while, while you're here, Chris, we need to also shout out your op-ed in the New York Times last week. Yes, Eric yes Adams. we do. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> thank, it was, thank you, Katie. I, I appreciate it. Um, it was hard to write. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got to be honest, like usually when I write op-eds, my first draft is my kind of close to final draft, <laughs> as Harry knows when he's edited me for the Daily Beast. <laughs> I sort of like spit something out and then just kind of clean it up a little bit. And that was the first time where we went back and forth and back and forth because I just didn't really know how to say what I'm trying to say about him in the sense that every Black person I've talked to has had these debates in the family group chat where you have the uncles who were super Black-on-Black crime is the real problem. You have people pushing back, talking about structural issues or more progressive issues. Um, and it's a really complicated series of conversations that we've been having, especially as crime rises. But it's also, it's like, well, I mean, someone, you know, emailed me and it's like, is it over I kept saying over-policing and under-policing, but it's mm -hmm. sort of over-policing and under-resourcing, yeah. which I think mm -hmm. Eric Adams is trying to have this conversation about because he does know it, right? And so, I mean, like, you all know when we talked about him as a candidate, I kept going back to the rats. I'm like, he understands Black people from all walks of the spectrum. Um, and it's been fascinating to see the number of sort of my white kind of colleagues and friends and people I'm on the boards, various boards with, who are over the age of 60, who've just been like, I genuinely had never thought of him in this way. Like, at all. They're like, I didn't vote for him. I didn't understand him. And, like, it was like, it feels like it's just a beginning of a conversation. That doesn't mean that I agree with, you know, 90% of his policies. I still disagree with 90% of his policies. But I'm trying to contextualize him in a moment where he just seems very foreign to a lot of people who are very politically active. He brought up the rats uh, today while he was testifying. Um, and, and very much in that, 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 that spirit of like, these, these are the real sort of problems we have to, to deal with. And I've thought about, and, and speaking of just sort of the conversation, like, like, uh, around the table, he also denied, which we talked about a little earlier that, that he has not spoken with Andrea Stewart cousins. And he said, um, her and, uh, hasty are friends of mine. We're speaking all the time. And I think his overarching message not so much to the Republicans there, but to the uh, Democratic lawmakers was we all want the uh, we all want the same basic thing. And he, he kept coming back to that. 
And, you know, he said the things he wants for the criminal justice law, they're tweaks, but we all, we all want these reforms and we have to make sure that they work for us rhetorically, at least. And even in a couple of the more heated exchanges, that's where he consistently wanted to end up almost aggressively. And he talked about the DAs. He called them my DAs, which they're not. They're independently <laughs> elected. They're state <laughs> officials, all that. But he said, I'm meeting with, with, with my DAs. We all want the same thing. Uh, we know we need to have a safe city. And he is trying to sort of ha have this conversation among black leadership at a moment when, when there's more of it than the city has really ever had before at the uh, state level and the city level um, and, 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 and open this up and to insist forcefully as the mayor and a guy with a lot of power that, no, we, we, we all do agree. And you think we don't agree? It's probably that the papers misreported this. Mm. You know, I, I don't know what they said, but that's not what I've heard from her. Um, and, and, and to rhetorically, we say that, that, that we are in alignment. Here are the things we're going to get. And we're all going to get there together. But with, with, with some muscularity behind that, like, like I am going to be the person, the face of the Democratic Party, asserting what this alignment is and how it's going to work. Ben, uh, you want to give us a closing? Yeah, uh... yeah we need your closing thought, <laughs> well said. Ben, Max, to the max. My, my closing thought? Um, you know, I, listen, I think when the legislative leaders and Eric Adams and the governor uh, come together, there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, decisions that need to be made. Governor Hochul is looking in a very strong position in her bid to win a full term as governor, but... Um, you know, I think she knows that uh, she's going to, you know, lose some of New York City to Jamani Williams. She's going to have some trouble on Long Island with with Tom Swazi, and so she's, you know, she's going to be making some calculations here this this budget and policy season around, you know, what she needs to do to really shore up um, her her base and win this primary. And I think, you know, that is the wild card here as we as we are focused today on Eric Adams and talking to all these legislators at this hearing. And even though the governor's budget proposal is is at the center of these hearings, uh, it's Eric Adams's, you know, calls for some of these criminal justice reforms and other things that were the the focus of a lot of the debate. And the governor continues to be the big wild card in these discussions because she has played it very close to through the vest. And she wants a really good relationship with Eric Adams. Um, and she wants, you know, votes from the suburbs and and elsewhere and from the city. So it's going to be really interesting to see where she comes down on some of this um, and, and whether there is any legislative appetite for some of what Adams is, is calling for. Thanks, everyone. Uh, ben, thank you. Thank you again. Um, My pleasure. To the max. To the max. F-A-Q. <laughs> FAQ NYC is a production of Racket Media and a proud member of the Brookhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists and Artists. We're headquartered at NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research and recorded this week from the boroughs of Brooklyn and Manhattan. A special thank you to one of our favorite guests this week, Ben Max of Gotham Gazette and Max Politics. Our executive producers, Alex Brooklyn and Adam Kamara, mixed and edited this episode. Be well and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Uh, ben, thank you. Thank you again. Um, My pleasure. To the max. To the max. Uh, <laughs> Boy. Yeah. It's just one of those weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're it's all, just like we're all hanging in there. I'm just <laughs> hanging by a thread. <laughs> Keep that in, Adam. <laughs>